Welcome to the CoreCast, where we interview Jewish leaders and discuss issues relevant to the Jewish community in Canada and around the world. I'm your host, Richard Rabkin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the CoreCast. I am Richard Rabkin. I am here with my good friend, Rabbi David Rosen. Rabbi Rosen, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Okay, so this is our... Um, Pesach frequently asked questions in the age of coronavirus. We are in the COR Sound Studio, and we are social distancing right now. Is that true, Rabbi Rose? We are definitely socially distanced. Okay, okay. But not, you know, in spirit. Uh, okay, so we want to get some information, obviously, to everybody. This is going to be a different year than other years. And so, yeah, exactly. Why is this year different oh, than all other years? Very good. You got me. Excellent. So Rabbi Devin Rosen is our director of the industrial kashrus department. That means that all of those great products that you see on supermarket shelves, Rabbi Rosen is in charge of that division. But he also answers the COR questions hotline. So that means that the email questions at COR.ca goes to him. And in addition, the text a rabbi, Rabbi Rosen is the a rabbi in that circumstance. So first of all, on behalf of the entire Jewish community, Rabbi Rosen, I want to thank you for answering all of those many questions. Um, can you give us a sense of how many questions you get, especially as you approach Pesach? So let me just start off being as clear as possible. It's never too many questions. I don't want anybody ever to feel that, um, oh, the rabbi is getting so many questions, I'm not going to ask a question. That's the first rule. The first rule is there's never too many questions. There's never any bad questions. So I just want to encourage everybody to keep on asking your questions. It's not a pressure at all. Um, my record is um, two years ago, the day before Erev Pesach. In other words, that night we were doing B'dikas Chametz. That day I had over 800 questions that day. That's my record. Um, that day was followed by Erev Pesach with another 500. Um, I remember I was speaking to a colleague, um, Erev Pesach, in the morning, and and I said, do you mind if um, we just end the conversation now? I see I have 200 questions um, to catch up on, and it's very important for me to get, a, to get, to get through those questions. And Baruch Hashem, it's never been a pressure. Um, it's, I can't say it's never been a pressure, but it's always been a pleasure. And um, so, so leading up to Pesach, obviously the the we have a big spike in the in the amount of questions, which I get very encouraged from that people are looking to do to do Pesach right, and and so the as Richard mentions, there's many many formats of how to um, uh, uh, to to access us um, to to have your questions answered. Um, whether it's the email, whether it's through the app, whether it's through texting, whether it's through WhatsApp, those are the best. Those are the best um, um, avenues to to ask your question. Um, and the reason why we opened up the text line and therefore the WhatsApp is that you should take us shopping with you. You should take your phone with you when you're going shopping and you see a product, snap a picture, send a text and ask what's the status of this product. And um, it makes the shopping experience much less stressful um, and you quite often will get your answer during your your, your, your shopping. Um, and and it's a very helpful, helpful tool 
And we really, really hope that everybody takes full advantage of it. That's amazing, Rabbi Rosen. Again, thank you so much. And it's so amazing that you're so available. Uh, I just want to thank you for doing that pitch for the COR app. The app has a lot of information, so please do download it. It's called COR Kosher. It's available both in, in the Google Play Store and the Apple Store. So download that and look for that information. And I also just want to mention that this year there may be a lot more people koshering than previous years. And so we're going to have some extra resources available. We're putting together some videos that will walk you through how to kosher. Obviously, that information is in the CUR Pesach magazine, but sometimes it's helpful to see it visually. So we'll have some videos ready shortly. And then also uh, our head mashkiach, Rabbi Mendel Bragna, will be available to walk people through koshering on the phone. Obviously, if Rabbi Rosen is answering 800 questions a day, it's going to be a little bit difficult for him to spend additional time with people walking through for koshering. So you can either email Rabbi Brognat, mbrognatcor.ca, and then he'll call you back. Or um, if you have an extensive koshering question, Rabbi Rosen can give you Rabbi Brognat's phone number and you can just give him a call. So that is all the introductory information. Why don't we get to a few uh, COVID-related questions first? I think the first one that we're starting to see a little bit is, and maybe you can make some news here on the Corecast, Rabbi Rosen. People are asking, is in light of coronavirus, is Pesach canceled this year? <laughs> okay, we're, we're, we believe it or not, we've received a few questions like that. So, is Pesach canceled? You can break the news first, Rabbi Rosen. <laughs> yeah. So again, we could even get inspired by this opportunity. Um, Pesach is going to be more challenging, but. Uh, you know, in the times of Pesach in Mitzrayim, they brought the Karban Pesach. They were, there was they brought a sacrifice. Exerting ourselves a little bit more this year is our self-sacrifice, and we can really um, utilize this opportunity to really show our dedication um, and and seize the opportunity to grow and to into and to overcome the challenge. And I think that will be our sacrificial um, Pesach sacrifice. I'm not even sure how to say that, but it's self-sacrifice is going to be, it's going to take the place of, of, um, of, of the carbon Pesach. I mean, if we're not in Yerushalayim, which we might be, hopefully. Um, and I really think that people should um, step up to the plate, take the challenges. But again, if there's room to be lenient, because this year things are going to be um, um, a little bit, um, a little bit more challenging. There's not going to be that many practical um, leniencies. Um, but there are a couple which we'll discuss right now. Okay, great. So there you go. It's not canceled. This is an opportunity for us to step up to the plate and roll up our sleeves. Uh, okay, let's talk about a question that we're starting to get a fair bit. Is if you are fortunate enough to have hand sanitizer, like Purell or what have you, uh, I know that there is an issue and there has been an issue. Maybe you can explain to us what the issue is. And then maybe you can also tell us if we can use hand sanitizer like Purell this year. Okay, so the main issue that we have on a typical year or with Pesach in regards to this hand sanitizer is that the majority ingredient and the active ingredient in hand sanitizers is ethyl alcohol. Ethyl alcohol is a grain alcohol. It's an alcohol which is derived from grain. Um, now, this alcohol could perhaps be derived from a chametz grain, from wheat, per, um, for example. So when you see the term ethyl alcohol on a label, you have no way of knowing 
if this is a chametz ethyl alcohol or perhaps a non-chametz ethyl alcohol, for example, if it's sourced from corn. So therefore, on a typical year, um, we are stringent and or you have to be stringent on a typical year if you see ethyl alcohol because perhaps it's chametz. You can't take chances with that. Now, when it comes to um, the hand sanitizer, um, there it's not straight ethyl alcohol. It's not straight edible ethyl alcohol. The if it would be straight edible ethyl alcohol, the hand sanitizer company will be taxed as if they're selling you alcoholic beverages. Um, and that obviously is a very high tax. So they do something to make the alcohol into non-edible. It's called denaturing. They add a couple or a, 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 any type, a, any, it's a whole long list of different ingredients that they can add to the alcohol to make it inedible. And that's called denatured alcohol. Now, denatured alcohol is inedible alcohol, but um, it's de is, is inedible alcohol. Normally, when we have an inedible chametz substance, you really, it's really not a problem on Pesach. It's really not a problem on Pesach. So therefore, officially, um, all cosmetics, which might have chametz in it, since it's inedible chametz, that's permitted, permitted to have on, on Pesach. The fact that there's chametz in the, in the cosmetic does not make a difference. The fact that the, that the cosmetic is inedible. But when it comes to alcohol, there is a idea that if you are knowledgeable enough, you could evaporate the alcohol out of this mixture and then distill it and make it, again, edible alcohol. So therefore, there is a place to be stringent on a typical year that ethyl, denatured ethyl alcohol, um, we try to avoid even if it's an edible right now because theoretically you could make it edible that's the principle which is on a typical year so just to sum up what we're saying is that inedible inedible chametz is not a problem but at times we are stringent with inedible alcohol due to the fact that you can make it edible again now for this year when it comes to hand sanitizers we are such an important product and it's in, it's 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 something which cannot be um, disregarded, we will take the stand that since right now it is considered inedible due to its denatured alcohol state, we are it is permitted to use hand sanitizer which has ethyl alcohol as its main ingredient because the ethyl alcohol is denatured. And so therefore any Purell type of hand sanitizer where you see that the first ingredient is ethyl alcohol, but there's a list of other ingredients which are there to make it inedible. They are 100% permitted. One does not have to clarify if it's an ethyl alcohol which comes from chametz, from non-chametz. It doesn't make a difference. Any hand sanitizer, ethyl alcohol is okay because it's denatured. It is nice to note that Purell brand itself happens to be an ethyl alcohol which is non-chametz. The source of that ethyl alcohol is from corn. It's not from a chametz grain. So but it so so therefore if you have Purell then there's for sure nothing to talk about. You can have that any year. But um but and if you can't get a hold of Purell, any hand sanitizer which has um, ethyl alcohol is denatured ethyl alcohol and will be permitted to have on Pesach. Okay, there you go. You heard it here first. 
all hand sanitizers are being permitted this year for Pesach. C.O.R. is so lenient. Um, we, we gave you a uh, COVID-related uh, heter leniency, all hand sanitizers this year. If you are fortunate enough to get one, and if you are, please let me know because I'm coming to your house to get it. But if you have it, uh, please feel free to use it this year. Another coronavirus-related question that we're getting this year is with respect to food shortages, especially in light of Pesach. And just want to let you know that we have spoken to the major kosher retailers and we have spoken to distributors as well. They assure us that in theory there should be no food shortages at all. All of the Pesach-related products were ordered prior and in the country and were already sold at a negotiated price. The only issue of concern is if people are overbuying this year. And so, you know, we are asking people to be conscious of their fellow neighbors and, and only buy what they regularly do. But we're, we're being told and assured by everybody that the city has enough. Now, some people are asking whether that might change because there are more people than would regularly be here. So again, the distributors and retailers are telling us that they're able to redirect some of that supply from the Pesa hotels that would have gone there and they're getting additional stock here. So again, in theory, they're saying that there should not be any issues uh, and let's just buy what we normally buy. I also have uh, one more um, Corona related um, update of sorts. On our medicine list, our um, acetamophen list was very limited because um, to get perfect information was difficult and we figured if we um, provided enough ibuprofen options that would really um, be sufficient but unfortunately um, since ibuprofen is again speak to your doctor but as we're hearing that ibuprofen might not be the correct um, painkiller to take if somebody has the coronavirus um, and they're only recommending acetamophen. So we are working on expanding our list of Tylenol, Tylenols which are um, acceptable for for Pesach. And I believe probably on our website we will post that um, that extended list um, of, of Tylenol products. Okay, that's great. So yeah, it'll be on the website and we'll put it definitely in the app as well. So let's move on now to, you know, some shopping in the, in the stores and just mention that, um, you know, in general, we want to be as diligent as we can in stores, of course. Packaging sometimes can be confusing. We have a really, uh, I think, a good article in the C.R. Pesach magazine about confusing product packaging, how sometimes you could have a product which is uh, kasher le Pesach and also a product that is year round and they look very similar and you have to be diligent about looking in the packaging. Also sometimes regular year round products can be in Pesach aisles and so just uh, mistakenly put there. So you want to be diligent. Um, of course, if you're if you're shopping in a grocery store that has COR supervision, so there's an increased likelihood that those errors won't occur because our mashkichim are patrolling the aisles. But you know, of course, mistakes do happen. And 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 just another point that this is a shout out and always uh, good when we can to support local community businesses. 
but in general, um, one should just be mindful when they're in the store, make sure what you're putting in your grocery bin when you're shopping at midnight, of course, when nobody else is around, make sure that that product is kosher Pesach. Just to talk to this point, um, I've had already, it, it, it seems because of the virus, people have started Pesach shopping and Pesach cooking earlier this year. And I'm imagining that the year-round products have not been depleted as much as they've had in years past. And I've received more times this year already the situations where people have cooked with non-Pesach products thinking that they were Pesach, whether it's the cottage cheese, whether it's pasta sauces. Um, I think that there's, a, there's much more of a... Uh, of both products on the shelf at the same time right now, the the the, the year-round products and the Pesach products, you have to be extra extra careful when you're when you're shopping that you're getting the Pesach product um, and not getting the year-round product. Okay, great. So let's say you're shopping at Costco, for example, and after you picked up your toilet paper, you are coming to some uh, Pesach items. Rabbi Rosen, can you give us a few of those frequently asked questions about Pesach that you can find in Costco? Sure. So we'll first start with the update for this year. The update for this year, um, in years past, the Kirkland salmon had an OU on it. And um, Mazel Tov, when you started Pesach shopping, we noticed that it had a different hechsher, right? So all our research that came into the Pesach guide, um, it, it wasn't relevant because the, the salmon now has a, a chafke, a great hechsher, but um, we don't know if it was for Pesach. But um, we were able to quickly get the research done and the Chafke is endorsing yes it's endorsable it's endorsed for Pesach the Kirkland salmon with a Chafke is kosher for Pesach it doesn't say the P on it but it is kosher for Pesach so that that um, that product is fine for Pesach also the Olivia frozen salmon which has an OU on it um, we also did our research and there's and it's and it's fine. So the Olivia brand salmon in Costco and the Kirkland salmon, which has the cuff K on it, are both acceptable for Pesach, which is which is good news. Fresh salmon um, at 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 Costco is also um, acceptable for Pesach, um, and and um, there's not a concern with that. That question comes up quite a bit. Um, the uh, Kirkland almond flour, um, a very very popular product. Um, is acceptable for Pesach. Um, the, the the factory which produces this product does nothing besides almonds. There's really, it's a very simple product, a very simple process, and there's no concerns, and the almond flour is acceptable for Pesach. The Kirkland almond flour, other almond flours, of course, needs a Pesach hechsher. This one has a Pesach hechsher. We've, we've done the research, and the almond flour, Kirkland almond flour, is acceptable for Pesach. And um, many of the Kirkland nuts, um, the walnuts, the raw walnuts, the raw almonds, and the raw pecan halves, those all have the OU, and the OU is endorsing them for Pesach. So those are some very important popular um, Costco products, which um, we get many questions about. And th there you have it. That's the information. Okay, great. So maybe that's a good transition for some other general Pesach questions that we get. And you mentioned nuts. So maybe you could just talk a little bit about nuts. Because I know that some are okay 
and some are not. So give us a quick rundown uh, which nuts maybe we might be able to purchase without a special Pesach Hesher. Okay, so the official rule is is that raw nuts, um, almonds, walnuts, pecan halves, um, are acceptable for Pesach even without a Pesach Hesher. Um, however, if there is any additional ingredients, so then um, you would want to avoid that. Also, um, I'm not sure if this is 100%, I, I, but I, I will say this. If it's one of these repack type of type of um, um, bags, like you see the Nofras, like the ready bulk, we have no way of knowing how they package these nuts. Um, or if you go to an open bin store, um, even though the, the nut itself is, is Pesach Dik, but it's really those these little repacks. We don't know if it was repacked in a Pesach environment. So so I would stick to the national brands of these raw nuts if it doesn't have a, a, a Pesach Hechsher, anything which has additional ingredients or if it has additional flavors or if it's roasted, all those need a Pesach Hechsher. Okay, great. Let's now we're, we're rapid firing now, so I'm just going to go through some of those questions that we get so often. Can you talk about raw meat a little bit? And because a lot of it that's being purchased doesn't necessarily have a P on it, is it acceptable? Not right, right. I'm imagining they don't, we're more conscious that they don't have a P on yet because again, we're just Pesach shopping early. All raw premier chickens, all raw Marvid chicken products are acceptable for Pesach year-round. They don't need to have the Pesach Hechsher. When it comes to meat, all raw shefa meat, all raw Sobe's meat, all raw Mahadran meat is acceptable for Pesach year-round. And getting closer to Pesach, you'll see many, 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 many more products which have actually the Pesach sticker on it, um, and, it will, and it will be much easier at that point. Great. Can we talk about toothpaste for a second? Because... I remember one of my most prominent memories growing up as a kid was going out and getting this toothpaste that tasted like clay. And, it, you know, that was the only one that we were allowed to use. But it seems like Siwar does some research and says that there are other uh, Pesach toothpastes that are allowed. So let us in on the secret about Pesach toothpaste. Right. So going back to what we mentioned earlier in this conversation is that really inedible chametz is really not a problem. However, we are somewhat stringent when it comes to things which are which are um, going to be used orally. Um, for example, mouthwash and, and toothpaste. So um, therefore, we um, do compile a list of, of, the, of the toothpastes and the mouthwash, which is probably even more, um, more relevant, that are that are chametz free, um, and 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 that's and that's and that's the reason. Um, but once it's chametz free, then there's really not much of a, not, not not much of a issue. I know that our forefathers in Egypt used adwe toothpaste, but um, we don't have to keep that tradition alive. And if your Colgate is on the list, um, or whatever whatever mouthwash we have in our lists. Um, which don't have right in front of me. It's a list. We, 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 you'll take a look, and um, and and it's and there's quite a few options of 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 what of what you could um, of, of what toothpastes and mouthwashes. So you're you saying can, you're you saying I could have been using Colgate and Sensodyne all along, and I didn't need to use the clay. Uh, yeah, I would imagine it was a bit, was okay then. I don't know. I was wasn't researching it then, 
Um, I don't know if this is an official thing, but now that we mentioned that was orally, I was thinking about it when we were talking about the hand sanitizers. Uh, maybe don't squirt your hands as you're breaking the matzah, you know? I mean, let, let, it, let, it, let it evaporate off your hands a little bit before you don't want to necessarily eat the, have the residue of the hand sanitizer on your matzah. Just uh, talking about a couple, a little bit... Um, Couple couple seconds beforehand. Okay, fine, good to know. Can you also give us some insight into personal care products in general? Just the the broad topic, you know, shampoo and um, you know whatever, all, all those types of products, shaving cream. I know we, we get a fair amount of questions from makeup from people. Um, you know, we say that it doesn't need a PESA hechsher or it doesn't need any certification or whatever, but at the same time, we have this long, extensive list. So can you kind of describe what the rules are for these personal care products? Right. So there's really one rule, and I'll make that clear. The one rule is, if it's inedible chametz, it's not chametz. So all these types of cosmetics, that's the rule. The rule is, is that it's not a problem whether it's the shampoos, whether it's the makeups, besides lipsticks, which, 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 is, which is close to the mouth, but, um, but, but all other types of shampoos and, and, and other type of um, cosmetics, they are inedible chametz, and therefore it's allowed. You'll have to... Um, there are people that are stringent, and they want to beautify their Pesach experience by avoiding having even inedible chametz in their possession or, or or their use. So it is um, an upgrade of sorts to have chametz-free cosmetics. Again, that's that's a difference between a rule and a tradition of sorts. Um, everybody should should embrace whatever they want to embrace. But um, so so we're not disregarding the 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 upgrade. But again. Let's be as clear as we can be. As we can be, cosmetics, which is inedible chametz, is not chametz. It's not a problem. But what about my shampoo, which um, is like a chocolate shampoo? It smells really good. Maybe I would, you know, or, or the, even there is. Okay, I'm joking here, but there are even some um, some personal care products that have oats. Or Correct. Things like that. Correct. Yeah, yeah. You could see on the on the cause sometimes on the cosmetic ingredient lists it looks like a kiddish. You know I'm saying they have like what looks like you know like you can recognize the name of the foods actually. But um, again, it's inedible. It's 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 uh, it's it's been it's been um, it's mixed with so many other ingredients processed. It's it's inedible hum. It's okay. and it will be permissible. so. Bottom line: all personal care products or anything else for that matter, if it is not edible then it does not have a pesach concern correct. if you want to be stringent you can look in the list but it's not an issue correct okay what about the general rules for medications you know i, I also know that sometimes we get either emails or calls from people saying you know i take this medication for my heart and if i don't take it then i'm going to have a heart attack and die but can i take it because is there a concern so, you know, obviously you see questions like that and you're alarmed because people should not be discontinuing their medication. But can you give us some general guidelines about medication? Right. So when it comes to medications, um, of course, if you have to take it, you take it. The percentage of medications which have an actual hummus issue are, is very, very, very low. And if it's a necessary pill, there's nothing to talk about. There's really nothing to talk about. The only time there is what to talk about is if you have options. And I don't, I don't know how often you have options. I don't know how, the, how often the second option is. Practically speaking, the amount of times that a medication is asked of me 
to look, research and I have to tell them find another option or something like that is so rare. I don't even remember if I ever had one. Um, somebody calls up with a blood pressure medication or something. It's, a, it's, 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 a, it's an important drug. There's really nothing to talk about. I, of course, I can't be the one to recommend an alternative. And the amount of times he finds one that has actual chametz in it is 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 extremely rare. So uh, don't don't over don't overstress yourself to 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 with your with your important drugs. With that being said, and this really covers you know, many of the questions that we get. Um, is in regards to vitamins and supplements and some other types of, of of, I guess supplements or or I guess they're officially medicines, but things which are not uh, integral. Um, then we then it, it it crosses into a little bit of murkier waters. And of course, we're not doctors, but if somebody just takes you know a, a, a vitamin. Just um, just to just to fortify their their vitamin and mineral intake, um, that is taken voluntarily, and the fact that you're taking it voluntarily gives now the 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 pill the status of food to a certain extent. And once it has the status of food, so then there's very difficult to find leniencies to allow it if it's not Pesach certified. So then the the questions of kidneys gets involved, the questions of shared equipment gets involved. So basically, when people call up, and again, I'm not here as a doctor, and if it's necessary, then you have to speak to your doctor and your rabbi about this. But let's say melatonin is probably one of the most popular questions. Um, if it's not Pesach certified and it's not required, so then it's an issue. It's an issue to take because um, you you are basically considering it a food from the fact that you're voluntarily ingesting it. Um, and then if it's a food, then it needs to have Pesach Hechsher. So, so when it comes to those vitamins, supplements, um, etc., those ones are, are definitely much more difficult to allow. And again, but if it's required for, for your medical health, of course, then you are in consultation with your doctor or your rabbi, and, um, and, um, and, and that, that definitely is, is the direction in, that you need to go. Okay, let's talk about something else that a lot of people feel like they need, and that's coffee, right? Can't wake up without your coffee. So can you give us the rundown? What type of coffee is okay? What's not okay? Uh, does it require um, a special hechsher uh, for Pesach? Does it not? Give us the rundown with coffee. Okay. So um, let's start with instant coffee. Instant coffee is a processed coffee, so anything which is processed is a little bit of a higher sensitivity. However, um, so that just bear that in mind. So um, decaffeinated coffees also that is an additional process, and the decaffeination process does have um, a Pesach concern. So decaffeinated coffees require a Pesach Hechsher. All flavored coffees require a Pesach Hechsher. When we're dealing with unflavored regular coffee, so then um, there are a couple of popular coffees which are acceptable for Pesach um, without any Pesach Hechsher, without any Hechsher whatsoever. That would be the Nestle Taster's Choice, specifically Taster's Choice regular coffee is acceptable. Um, Folgers coffee is acceptable. Maxwell House um, is acceptable. We always have to give a shout out to Maxwell House. Um, then, um, however, be very careful because we said that the Nestle Taster's Choice is fine for Pesach. However, the Nestle Nescafe Rich, 
which is a very similar looking product, but it's very different. The Nescafe Rich is not acceptable for Pesach. So again, taster's choice is fine. Nescafe Rich is not acceptable for Pesach. Um, that's when it comes to the instant coffees. When it comes to brewing coffees, so then, um, again, anything decaffeinated, anything flavored, will need a Pesach Hachshar. When it comes to the plain, unflavored coffee, so then, whether it's the coffee bean or whether it is ground, it is fine. That's fine. You could have your ground regular coffee or your coffee bean and grind it at home. Those are acceptable even without uh, Pesach Hechsher. K-Cups, um, the, the OU has a very, very, very long list of their um, K-Cups, which are acceptable. I don't know if it, there might be an odd one out, but um, you can refer to their 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 list. We have it also in our office, but anyone with a COR is acceptable. Most of the K-Cups that is plain coffee is acceptable, especially the recognized brands, the Timothy brands or the Tim Hortons brands or the Starbucks brands. There's many, many brands which are the Kirkland brand, which you'll find in, in Costco. If it's plain coffee, those K-Cups are fine as well. Um, and also Starbucks Via Coffee, the the plain unflavored ones. That's a little bit of a mixture of both, of instant and and, uh, and beans. But um, those the plain ones are acceptable for Pesach. Great. Can we talk about fruits and vegetables for a second? Frozen fruits and vegetables, right? You have some things in cans, right? So. Um, is that an issue? It's, it seems like fruits and vegetables is pretty innocuous, but sometimes there is an issue, especially I think with canning, you could talk about it, um, and, and in other circumstances as well. So just give us a rundown and different scenarios, fruits and vegetables that are packaged. Right. So basically, um, when something is processed, um, you have to know what the process is, but um, that always is a concern. So canned Fruits are actually cooked in the can. They're put in the can and then they're cooked in what's called a retort. And that retort could have done Hamid's um, products previously. So it might have been cooked in a in, in, in equipment which was which was Hamid's. So therefore, all canned fruits um, need a Pesach Hechsher. Um, same holds true for canned vegetables. Uh, when it comes to the frozen fruits. So frozen fruits um, don't have much processing being done. They're washed a little bit, but there's not much processing done. So if there's no added ingredients to the fruit, the frozen fruits, um, so then it is acceptable for Pesach even without a hechsher. Um, and But when it comes to frozen vegetables, there the industry has it that, I mean, there is a little bit of blanching done, which is a minor type of cook. And that often is shared equipment with chametz, or at times shared equipment with chametz. So therefore, your frozen vegetables do need a Pesach Hechsher, but your frozen fruits do not require a Pesach Hechsher. Interesting. Okay, now we know the difference. So frozen fruits, yes. Uh, frozen vegetables, no. Correct. Got it. Okay. I think this is going to be my last question for our frequently asked questions here. And this one is a little bit more sensitive, of course, but it is relevant on Pesach. Can you walk us through um, laxatives and other issues? What's acceptable? Not so. I guess there's some of the popular ones are Metamucil and Restorlax and Benefiber. So which ones are okay and which ones are not? 
Okay, so I'll start with my favorite one because this was a discovery, or this gave me a sleep, sleepless night because I was looking at a um, uh, an American Pesach guide, and it said Benefiber is chametz, and I was like, what? I just researched Benefiber, and Benefiber was non-chametz. Like, what was going on? So this was really interesting. Benefiber um, is produced differently in the United States than it is here in Canada. Not um, the way to you know the difference is that the American Benefiber is spelled um, with the fiber is F I B E R. Um, that's the American Benefiber, and that fiber is is a wheat product. It's 100% chametz. However, the Canadian um, format of Benefiber is, as it's spelled, F I B R E. That is a different ingredient, and it is totally permissible on, on, on Pesach. So it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, I don't recall any other product which is like so different, um, even though it looks so much the same. So the American beta fiber is not, it's chametz, 100% chametz, and the Canadian one is 100% permissible. Way so to that, go Canada. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I, every year I call them up just to verify again, is it really different? And um, yes, and it is different. So that's, that's, that's important. Metamucil, again, the, the active ingredients of Metamucil is fine for Pesach, just you can't um, take the one that has any of the flavors, additional ingredients, additional flavors there. The Metamucil, which is just Metamucil and sucralose, which is sugar, um, is fine, but the orange flavor one or the capsules or any other uh, Metamucil product would be a problem. Restorolax is 100% fine. Okay, there you have it. Uh, okay, one final thought or question, really, that I had for you to share, maybe, was some thoughts, some perspective that, again, in the age of coronavirus, you could give us. Obviously, this year is going to be totally different. Uh, we're not able to go to shul. Uh, we're not able to do so many of the things that we traditionally do. But maybe you could, from a hashkafic perspective, maybe you could give us some thoughts on how we should make sure to conduct ourselves, our families, our children, so that we create an environment that is as conducive as possible to, uh, to, to the holiday in, at home. Okay, so this was um, something which... Um... I'm, I'm, it's a pleasure to give over. Um, the other night, I was thinking about this upcoming Shabbos, pers- um, uh, specifically, that this will probably be my first Shabbos that I can remember that uh, shul is not going to be the central central aspect of my Shabbos. And it was just something which needed some clarification about, you know, like, what is what does this mean? What is a Shabbos without shul, without minion, all about? And I was thinking, where am I going to get this information? How am I going to get this 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 clarity? And I thought of a good friend of mine, somebody who I really, really respect, and it's our Mashkiach, um, who lives out in Moncton, New Brunswick. Um, and he's the rabbi in Moncton, New Brunswick. His name is Rabbi Yagid, and he's a rabbi in other, other, other towns as well. But um, we know him from the Maritimes. And you know, at, in, in the Maritimes, at times there are there are no minyan on Shabbos. And I have a very close relationship with Rabbi Yagid, and through our through our many conversations, he's told me about his Shabbos experiences in, in Moncton when they don't have a minion on Shabbos. And for a moment, this is going back a couple years, I was actually like 
jealous or I was just enthralled by the the the, the beauty the beauty of a Shabbos, um, how beautiful a Shabbos could be even without um, Shul being the 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 central aspect of of that of that um, of that experience. So I gave him a call. I gave Rabbi Yagid a call yesterday, and we had a long long conversation about what is Shabbos, and we could translate that also to Pesach without Shul like, and um, basically. The main, the main thing is, is that it's a different experience. There's nothing to talk about, but it's a very pure experience. It's, it's you, your family, and Hashem, and that's what it is. You're not out to impress anybody else. You're not keeping up with the Joneses. It's you, your family, and, and Hashem. And if somebody embraces this as an opportunity and realizes that this, this, um, this situation could actually lead to a different experience, an experience which we could be tremendously uplifting. It could even be, as Rabbi Yagid said, to the extent that this would be the landmark Pesach or the landmark Shabbos, which your children will look back and say, wow, this is, this is, I see the inner beauty of a Shabbos. I see the inner beauty of a Yontiv, where it was just, again, the family and Hashem and just 100% focused on, 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 on what we have in front of us. Um, it's an opportunity we, we could embrace. It's an opportunity that we could grow from takes some more preparation because we're not relying on some some of the other things that we took for granted before but um definitely it's not something to to it's it, not to i can't even consider you know something which we'll just uh, s- uh do less it's something that we could do differently and, and to, to a certain extent it'll bring out more and i really think that um we could look back at this Pesach and we'll say, wow, this was this was an amazing Pesach. Beautiful. That's beautiful. We'll, we'll rise to the occasion with those words. Thank you so much, Rabbi Rosen. So I just want to reiterate all of the resources that we have available. Again, we've got the COR Pesach magazine. It is available both online at the COR website and in a few depots. Uh, if you live in Toronto, it's available at Savers and Kosher City and some of the other grocery stores in town. The COR app, COR Kosher, please download it. There's lots of information there. Questions at COR.ca, that goes to Rabbi Rosen, and you can ask him all of your questions. Also, the text to Rabbi goes to him as well. That number is in the COR Pesach magazine. We also have resources for koshering. If you need somebody to walk you through the koshering over the phone, Rabbi Mendel Brogna will be available mbrogna at cor.ca. He can give you a call. And also Rabbi Rosen has his contact information. And I guess finally, you know, in this situation, we usually say the, the greeting we give, of course, is Chag Kasher V'Sameach, which is happy and kosher Passover. But in this situation, I think we would want to add something. Uh, so we would want to say happy, kosher, and healthy Passover this year. So so wishing that to everybody. Thank you to Rabbi Rosen for joining the Corecast and thanks to everyone for tuning in. Well, that's our show for today. I know it's so hard to say goodbye. So if you enjoyed the Corecast, you can find an archive of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the COR website at cor.ca. See you next time on the Corecast. Corecast.